Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. my wife. I'm up at five every day. I can't sleep because that's all I think about. Lord, what if you did this? Lord, what if you did that? Lord, what if you did this? And the Lord spoke to me. He says, tell me what you want, son. I said, oh, let's go. Let's go. I got something. I got, I got something for you, Lord. But we need God to move, don't we? But to do that, to do that, we need to understand the keys to the kingdom. We need to understand the keys to the kingdom. Well, we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. Everybody understand that? How, how God wanted us to have access to the kingdom of heaven? He says this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Father, please help me to speak your word this morning. He says, but seek last. When everything else is over, when everything else is done, then seek this. No, he didn't say that. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. I, mean, see, I, could, I could actually stop and preach right there because that sometimes is the last thing we seek, amen? We seek everything else. We seek glory and honor, finances and riches, and we need to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and some of these things shall be added to you. What? What's that word mean in Greek? It means all. Okay? All means all. That means everything. In other words, the things that you've been praying for, oh, praise God. How many have been waiting on some prayers? How many have been waiting on God to do something? Seek his kingdom first and some of these things. You mean everything I've been praying for? You mean everything that I need from God? You mean everything that I'm looking for? You mean everything that I need? Everything will be added to you, amen? Take 10 seconds right now and think about what you need from God. Take 10 seconds. You got it? That can be added to you, amen? When you seek the kingdom of God. But see, there's even more to that. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, he says this. And I will, what's that word? What? Okay, if I'm going to give you something, if I came over there and I gave you $100, are you going to turn me down? No? Man, for $20, people would be jumping over their chairs, wouldn't they? Maybe not a dollar, maybe $20. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So we understand that the kingdom of heaven is locked to anyone who has not been given the keys. Amen? You with me? Were you with me as I'm interpreting the scripture, as I'm, as I'm breaking it down? And whatever you bind on earth, 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now that word bind means something, and it's important we understand what that means. That word bind, according to the dictionary, it means to restrict, to declare, to improper, to be improper, unlawful. It must be what is already bound in heaven. In other words, so many people go around trying to bind the devil. That is not within the authority that God has given us. And that's news to some of you because you've always heard that. That is not within our authority. As a matter of fact, the way that I know that, when Jesus responded to the devil, he didn't say, I bind you in my name. What did he do? He used scripture, didn't he? There is no scripture that validates us binding the devil. And I'm going to explain what that means more in just a moment. To lose something means to allow or declare lawful. That's why we say we loose the Holy Spirit in this room. We bind sin because sin is not allowed in the kingdom of heaven, and we loose the Spirit of God. Amen? We bind flesh, and we loose the Spirit of God. He's given us this principle of keys. I'm going to be, over the next five to six weeks, I'm going to be talking about this because there's different keys and they mean something. But the keys are the scriptures that God has given us. Remember when Jesus responded, and I just spoke about this. Remember when Jesus responded to the devil. He responded when he was being tempted. He responded to him with what? He responded with the word of God. He didn't try to negotiate with him. He didn't try to talk to him. He didn't try to reason with him. He didn't start singing a praise and worship song. Come on now. Come on now. I'll just put on some praise and worship music and the devil will leave. He started speaking scripture. He started speaking scripture to the word to the devil. Amen? And when I tell you, when you speak scripture to the devil, it shuts him down. Amen. He can't respond to that. Amen. I want you to know right now. We've learned some things that are wrong, and we need to correct that. We need to fix that, amen? We need to understand the word of God, that when we use the word of God, it shuts the devil down. When we worship, it's a response to God and giving him praise, but the devil's gonna come right back and attack you again and attack you again. It's not wrong to worship, but we need to speak the word of God this morning, amen? We need to speak the word of God this morning. We need to say the word of God. Don't worry so much about, you know, trying to quote a, you know, word for word and all that. That'll come at some point. Let's not focus on doing that. Let's just focus on speaking the word of God. Amen. Let's focus on saying the word of God. Because when the enemy comes, that's the only thing that's going to defeat him. Because we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Guess what we have? We have authority in heaven. Come on now, look at your brother or sister beside you and say, I have authority in heaven. I have authority in heaven. See, authority is legal power or right. It's the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, or enforce obedience. See, when I have a key, 
I give my children a key to my home. They have the authority to enter my home. They have the authority to come into my home and be a part of my home. Do you understand, brothers and sisters, what it means to have authority? Amen? We have been given authority in the name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 7, verse 8, the soldier understood that. He says, for I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, until my servant go." Do this, and he does it. Brothers and sisters, if we understood the power that comes from God, when we understand the authority that's been given to us, there is no stopping the church this morning. Amen? There's nothing stopping us in 2024. There is nothing stopping us. Some of you aren't quite there yet, but it's okay. Some of you are looking at me like it's still too early in the morning to be talking about these things, but I'm telling you right now, this is a moment that you need to remember because God has given you authority. This authority comes from heaven. It gives us authority on earth. Now, like I said earlier, this authority is referring to the church and not the devil. Possession of the key, which is scripture, gives us the authority to this place. It gives us the authority to conduct the affairs of the church. And we have this authority because it was given to us by Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, says this in Jesus. This is, about ready, this is when he was about ready to leave this earth. One of the final times that he met with the disciples, he says, And Jesus came and spoke to them. He said, Some authority. There's that word all again, right? By the way, you understand God doesn't do things halfway, right? Come on. God doesn't do things halfway. We've, we've allowed theologians to try to tell us that God only does certain things. Can I tell you, we need to be freed from that mindset and realize that God is a God of all power and might, and he can do whatever he wants to do. Anybody here says they understand God really don't even know what they're talking about. I don't understand God. He's God. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. All I can do is just try to explain what he's shown me. Amen? That's all we can do and respond to his love and grace to us. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now remember at that moment, up until that moment, the devil was the God of the earth. And as a matter of fact, when the devil was tempting Jesus, he says, I will give you this kingdom if you bow down to me. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to receive my authority from God. And when he went to the cross and he died and he rose again, he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he says, devil, you can't have these anymore. You can't have these anymore, amen? I now own these keys, amen? You thought you had them for a while, but now they're mine. You thought you could influence death and kill God's people? Listen, they may die a natural death in their body, but their soul shall be eternal forever, amen? I want to tell you this morning, he has given us keys to the kingdom. Then he says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He says, behold... By the way, when the Lord says, behold, that means something, okay? 
It means pay attention. I'm about ready to tell you something pretty significant. He says, behold, I, what's that word? I, we don't have the scripture up there, you do we? He says, behold, I give you, sometimes our, I found out sometimes our, our system freezes and they have to reboot it. So I'm just going to give you the scripture. Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. You ever heard that before? Luke chapter 10, verse 19, open your Bible. Don't just rely on the TV. He says, behold, I give you the authority. Again, what does authority mean? It means I'm going to give you the ability. I'm going to enforce this. The, the, the serpents and the scorpions, they're going to lie in wait. They're going to try to snatch you. They're going to try to ambush you. They're going to try to come after you. But guess what? I'm, you're just going to be able to walk on by. Now, has anybody in this room ever seen a snake? How many are scared of snakes like me? So... One time I was walking in a, back when I was, I was younger, I was a teenager, we called it a crick. You would call it a creek. We would call it a crick. That's just the southern thing, it's crick. So we're down there by the crick, the creek. I'm walking by, and me and some buddies, and we're 10, 11, 12 years old. And when you're a boy and you're 10, 11, 12 years old, you're just foolish. Okay? You, you're going to do dumb stuff. And so we go down to this crick or creek. And we saw something moving in the water. And we thought, well, that's interesting. Let's go check it out. <laughs> Foolish thing number one. So we go check it out. And we get up. We get up to where it was. And it was probably a six to seven foot water moccasin. Water moccasins are snakes that are extremely poisonous. So what do we do? We play with it. We took out some rocks and we were throwing at it. Not like that would make the snake mad, right? It's not like a snake's fast that can catch us, right? So we're like throwing at it. And, and, and if you've ever seen a water moccasin, they open their mouth and it's all white inside. So it's like a cotton mouth. And so he's like, it, it could have been a cotton mouth. I don't know if they're the same thing. At that point, I didn't care in my life. And so he opened his mouth and his fangs came out, right? He says, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to bite you. So what did we do? We went closer. Like I said, it's God's grace that I am here with you today, okay? And so one of the boys that I was with grabbed it by the tail. And I thought, that looks fun. I want to try that. And a snake was whipping around, whipping around. And I think God had mercy on me because the snake just took off, right? And then I got back home and I'm telling my mom and dad, and for whatever reason, I got a beating for playing with the snake, don't you play with your parents? Your parents ever beat you in time? Don't you do that again? I felt like there was a drum beat going. And then my mom jumped on it. I'm telling you. So I, I learned at that point: don't play with snakes, right? <laughs> don't play with snakes. But you know what snakes do? Like this snake, we just happen to see it. They like to wait. They like to hide. As a matter of fact, their color of a snake, there's another snake down south called a copperhead. And if you've ever been on down south, every snake is a copperhead. doesn't matter if it's a copperhead or not. And so when we lived in a house in Atlanta, there was a copperhead that lived out in the tall grass. 
And, uh, you know, Julie came in one day and she said, Dad, I think there's a snake out there. And I went out there and guess what? There was a copperhead. If it's not a copperhead, it is now. So I went out there and I'm looking at it and I'm definitely afraid of it. But, you know, snakes are they're really sneaky. They hide. And when you come up on one in the last minute, you know what they do? They jump out and say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Nice to have you in my area of the garden. Do you know Jesus? No, they don't do that. They don't do that. You know what they do? They reach out and they bite you. Now, some snakes are poisonous. Some snakes, they just wrap their, themselves around you and try to cut off your bug supply or your blood supply. Either way, snakes are bad, right? But what happens is that when the Lord says that you can walk past snakes, He's saying you can walk without fear because I'm going to protect you. Is anybody feeling what I just said right now? Because snakes in the Bible are representative of the devil and his little minions and the devil. In other words, when you have the Lord in your life and you walk in his authority, when you have the Lord in your life and you walk in his authority, You don't have to worry about the snakes along the path, amen? You don't have to worry about that because that word word says, I'm going to give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That word trample really means that you can walk, that you can walk freely, that you can just go by. and not. Some people, you're afraid to walk right now because I can't go there. The devil's there. Listen, we need to go where the devil's at to free the people that God wants to be freed. Amen? We need to stop being living in this bubble. We need to stop living in this bubble and go down to the glory hall, amen? We need to go down to the glory hall. We need to go downtown and be the church that reaches the drug addict, that reaches the prisoner, that reaches someone. We need to go to where the devil is and not worry about it because I'm going to be trampling on him as I'm walking by. God has given me the authority to do that. Praise God. Some of you aren't with me yet, but you will be. I, you know what? I am, I'm, I'm tired of people being scared of the devil. You're watching too many horror movies. The devil has no power, okay? Listen to me. The devil has no power power. He has no authority over you. Amen. He has authority over people who aren't believers, but he's tricked us into thinking that he has power over us. If the devil appeared here right now beside me, he would have no power over me. I ain't scared of him, and neither should you be. If you've given your life to the Lord, you don't need to be afraid of him or of his minions. They're nothing, amen? We believe in the power and the authority of God in our lives, amen? The devil can't hold us back, amen? The only thing that is holding us back is what we bind, and sometimes we bind faith. We bind faith. You know what I mean by that? We restrict faith. We limit 
faith. We call back faith instead of believing God and his word. If God says, I have healed you and I will heal you all of your diseases, then that's what he meant, brothers and sisters. If that's what he meant, amen. If the Lord said, who the Son sets free is free indeed, then that's what he meant. Amen? Praise God. If the Lord said, I have come to deliver you, to give sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, then that is what he meant. Amen? That's what he meant. If he was there to to minister to people and heal them from leprosy, then he can heal cancer, amen? If God can minister and heal the blind, then God can minister through us and heal the blind. I'm telling you, we have to walk in the authority that God has given us. We have to walk in that authority. But we're shy about it. Because some of us have been bitten. We've been bitten. We're scared. Remember when Paul was bitten by a viper? Remember what he did? Shook it off. Shook it off into the fire. Now, I can imagine it got it hurt. Has anybody, I mean, you ever been bitten by something before? It hurts, don't it? And the people are like, wait a minute, that's a poisonous viper. He should surely be dead. And some of you have been bitten by things that you should surely be spiritually dead. But yet, here you are, serving God or worshiping God. You're not dead, amen? You are not dead. It is time to rise up. It is time to rise up and realize who you are in God, amen? Stop letting the devil run your life. Whew. Man, I feel the, mm, God, you got to help me. Some of you are taking marching orders from the devil because you're scared of him. Some of you are afraid to do anything for God because you're scared of the devil. I'm going to tell you, the devil's got no power. He got nothing on you, amen? What you have is the mighty arm of God. What you have is the mighty power of his angels and his son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost over your life, ready to bless you, ready to keep you, ready to do things. Now, that, does that mean that tragedy will come? come? Yes, tragedy will sometimes come. But that doesn't mean that you have any less authority. Now let me explain what authority means. Because some of us get confused. Some of us don't understand it. Because if we think if we have authority, that means we can do whatever we want, and that's not true. My position at my job, I'm a controller. I don't control people. That'd be cool if I did. But I control the money. And that's an important job in my organization. You know why? Because if we don't pay the bills, we shut down, right? So because of the nature of my position, I have been given, are you with me? I've been given a lot of authority. Are you with me? I've been given a lot of authority. There's authority that's been written down saying, Keith, you will do this, this, and this. It's called a job description. And there's an unwritten authority that says, we're not going to tell you not to do this, but common sense would tell you not to do this. As an example, I have the authority to pay our bills, to make sure our bills are paid. That's a big deal, right? I do not have the authority to write myself a $10,000 check. 
Can I write myself a $10,000 check? Yes, I can. But I do not have that authority to do that. You guys understand what I'm saying? You understand what I mean by authority? If I were to write myself a $10,000 check, a couple things would happen. I'd lose my job. My wife would leave me. And I would go to jail for embezzlement. And I would be sued and I would lose everything. Everybody with me? Because I am operating outside of my authority. I'm taking my position and doing something that I was not allowed to do. Now, there's other positions that are my authority. Just because I am the controller and I'm an executive within our company does not give me the authority to make HR decisions. HR and human relations or whatever it's called. Human resources, sorry. <laughs> human relations, human resources, all feel good, all that, whatever. You have to be nice to people, that's all I know. I'm not, I don't have the authority to go to someone and say, I'm going to give you a raise because I feel like you should have one. Again, you know what would happen? I would lose my job, right? I would lose everything because I'm making decisions. I don't, now, if my, now here's the difference. If my boss comes to me and says, Keith, go do this, then I have that authority. But I have to stay within the framework that he's given me. If he says, go give that person a $10 an hour raise, that's not going to happen, by the way. I just want to let you know. He says, go give that person a $10 an hour raise. And I go to them and say, hey, I'm going to give you a $10 an hour raise, and I'm going to shorten your work week to 20 hours and pay you for 40. Now, they're going to love me. Keith, you're the best. We love you. But guess what? They're going to get fired because they didn't work the hours they were supposed to work, and I'm going to get fired. You guys see where I'm going with that? Because I acted in addition to my authority. You guys with me? You with me? This is where the church has gone wrong. We've either acted above and beyond the authority has given to us, that God has given to us, or we've gone outside of the authority God has given us. That is why our prayers don't get answered. You think I'm wrong? Well, let's read Scripture. We all agree Scripture is the final authority, right? He says in James chapter 4, verse 3, it's a little bit further down, guys. I'm skipping ahead, but don't worry. I'm going to go back. I'm going to make sure I get my hour in. James chapter 4, verse 3. He says, you ask, you ask, and what does that say up there? It says, you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. In other words, brothers and sisters, when we pray, we pray to better ourselves in a, in a 
selfish way rather than operating within the authority of God. Amen? We pray that, oh God, make my life easier. Oh God, do this. Oh God, do that. Listen, I know that God wants to bless you, but the church needs to start praying for each other. Amen? The church needs to start praying the will of God and say, God, your will be done, not my will. How do I know that? Go back to this, and it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, when he taught us how to pray. He simply says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what the will of God is? The will of God is that all should come to repentance. Come on now, that all should come to repentance. You guys heard me on that last part, right? Everybody gets saved. He wants everybody saved. Let me help you understand this. For the past two years, our daughter has lived with us when she's going to school. Man, I love having my daughter there. It was just a wonderful thing. She's cooking now, and it's great, and you guys know how much I love food. Yeah, she know, you know how much I love food. She's turned into a great cook, amen? She's like her mom and her grandma and her great-grandma. She's falling on that line. I love her cooking, but my wife and I, we, as much as we love our daughter, our hearts were still a little empty because our son was gone. Love our daughter. Love our daughter. It didn't be the same way if she was gone and our son was home. Same thing. Our, one of our children were not home, but when, when my son come home a couple weeks ago, our family, Jenny and I, were like, Man, it just felt good, right? You know, it felt good. Our, home, our family's home again. And I know soon they're, they're older and they're going to leave again and they're going to meet somebody and they're going to get married. And I understand all that. But they're home right now. And I felt like, man, I just wanted my kids home. I'm actually admitting that. I mean, Hunter is a blessing. He's shoveling the driveway and I don't have to. I mean, that's just awesome. I love that. I got a lot of chores for him that I don't want to do, and I'm going to use them until that time. Amen? Listen, that's why you have kids is to get chores done, right? My brothers, amen. Parents whose kids have left. I know Carly, when Carl's home, she's just, she's just happier. I know it's an adjustment when he's home because it's another mouth to feed. But she, she loves him being home. His grandparents love him being home. If, if I, being naturally evil, love my kids being home, how much more does the Father want all of his children home? Amen? How much more? How much more does, does the Father want all of his children to be home? How much more does the Father look at the drunk on the street and say, come home, son. I'll forgive you. Come home, son. I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. Just come home. Let the prodigal son. The Lord's not out there going, no, not you. No, not you. No, not you. He's going, everybody, come home. Come home. I'll, you know, we'll make it right. We'll figure it out. Just come home. So when we understand that the authority God has given us is to reach the lost. Come on now. That's the authority he's given us, to bind up the brokenhearted, to love them that are not loved, and to pray the prayer of faith over people that need it. 
Listen, if someone is healed today because of my prayers, it's not me that did it, amen? It is the Holy Spirit acting through me, but he needs an agent to do that, amen? And I am that agent this morning. You are that agent. God is looking for a people. God is looking for a people. God is looking for a church right now in Juneau that is willing to shed its agenda and say, God, the only thing that we want is you, God. We want your will to be done. We want to see people saved. We want to see people sanctified. We want to see people baptized in water. We want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We want to see people's lives changed. I'm going to use PJ as an example because I can. I said this when I was baptizing him, but PJ has not always been the sweet man that you see right now. That's a stretch. But he is a scoundrel. One of these days you need to listen to his testimony. He was a, forgive me for saying this, PJ, I'm not trying to air your dirty laundry, but he'll tell you he was a drunk. He would hang out in the bars, and he, he just, he is not a good guy. But look at him now, what God has done in his life. That's amazing. That's amazing. Darlene, look what God has done to your husband. He's not the same man. I know he still irritates you. But that's part of being a man. We can't help that. We irritate those that we love the most. Don't say anything. <laughs> She's over here having a Jesus moment. My wife is. If we, <laughs> if, we, if we understood how much the Lord wants to do in people's lives, he cares about that drunk in the bar who's hung over this morning. He's worried about that person who keeps sleeping around trying to find love that's not there for them. He's worried about that student at college who says there is no God when he knows that there is. He's worried about people who have rejected him because the church has done some foolish things in the way that it approached people about the gospel and has turned them off because of the way they treated people. I've said it so many times. Listen, we acknowledge the things that the church has done that has been wrong to, to, to try to Force people to turn to Christian. You can't force people to turn to God. Can I, can I just say that? You can't force people what you can do and say, here's Jesus, make your choice. It's up to you. Here's Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, if you know Jesus, man, he's going to change your life. I think of Randy and Helen, what he's done for them and what he's done for my Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And I just... Man, what God has done for them. Jamie, what he's done for you. Robert, good gracious, what he's done for you. What he's done for me, what he's done for Mason. What he's done for Richard. I mean, I can go around this room and talk about what God has done, but that is within our authority to reach people for the, for the gospel because what happens is when we use scripture, not our opinion. Can I just tell you something right now? Quit watching YouTube preachers. I've had so many people tell me I'm confused because I'm watching these guys. One says this, another one says that one. Then quit watching, okay? Find one person and listen to them. If that be me, be me, fine. I don't care. 
find one person and listen to them because if you're not careful, we're going to be saying different things, okay? But when you give somebody scripture, not your opinion, this is what scripture says. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be what? You'll be saved. So many people have written opinion pieces on that. Well, I don't believe people are truly saved at that point. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what the scripture, well, I think God does this. That's not what scripture says. Shut up. Quit giving your opinion, and let's rely on the word of God. Amen? What does the word of God say? Stop trying to interpret it. If the Lord says his will is to save everybody, then that's what it means, amen? Now, whether people or not accept that, that's up to them. He also says, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one good, no, not one. Brothers and sisters, God wants to save everybody. He wants to save the sinner. He wants to save the Christian who has become legalistic. He wants to save moms and dads. He wants to save grandpas and grandmas. He wants to save the young babies. He wants to save the teenagers, which is a little tougher because they don't listen. That's not true. God can do that. Amen? God wants to save the God wants a revival in middle school. Amen? God wants a revival. Oh, man, praise God. God wants a revival in the church. God wants a revival in the body of Christ. But it is up to us. To speak the word of God. But you can't speak something you don't know about. Uh-oh. Here we go. I can talk all day long about football, but I don't know much about football. Amen? I'm not an authority on football. It's clear because of the team I pull for that I don't know anything about football. I don't pull for the Seahawks like a normal rational person would pull for. I pull for the Panthers. You know my wisdom in that area is pretty bad. Brothers and sisters, you can't speak about the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God. You know the Word of God when you eat, sleep, drink and feel the word of God. Amen? When you read the word of God, you ingest it. You're not just reading through it trying to get through so many chapters so you can say you read the Bible in a year, but you read a chapter at a time or a verse at a time, and you say, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you trying to talk to me about? What are you trying to, to, to instill in me? What are you trying to tell me? And you have a time of reflection. You have a time of thought. You have a time to say, God, what are you saying? That's where we miss it. That's where we miss it, brothers and sisters. We have to act like the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 7 through 9, he says this. He says, you look at things according to the outward appearance. If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, so even so we are Christ. For even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us for edification and not for your destruction, I shall not be ashamed, lest I seem to terrify you by letters. There's other brothers and sisters out there who have the same authority that we have. We're not the only church in town. We're not alone. 
I'm praying that God will bring our churches together, but that's so far a prayer that God has not answered. But he will do that. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, I'm going to put it to you very plainly, that we've got to start acting like it. Okay, I'm going to say this one more time because I want to be really clear as they're putting on some music. If we want to be the church that God wants us to be, then we have to start acting like it. That means that we act in that authority. The devil doesn't run our life. God runs our life. God. I realize that I'm not going to do something that God hasn't told me to do. I realize that I'm not going to go and act on my own. I realize that I'm part of something. I'm not an independent contractor. I'm not, I heard a preacher say this and it really irritated me. I'm not special forces operating on my own. See, that's what some of you think you are. You think you're special forces. God's got a special mission for you. That's not scriptural. We're one body. We're one body. Amen. Quit acting like an independent agent. God never said that. That means you have to come under the authority of the pastor who comes under the authority of Jesus. So let me, let me explain this to you very clearly. Say, so we can't come under your authority. What if you mess up? If I mess up, you don't need to worry about me. God's going to tear me up. Okay? God's judgment on me is far worse than your judgment on me. I'm more afraid of him than I am my wife. Understood? God's judgment on me weighs heavy on me. Every time I get in this pulpit, I watch what I say. And there's times that I do mess up. I say something that maybe came out wrong, but I'm still under his authority. The kids are going to come in, and that's fine. I love them when the kids are here for altar service. There's nothing wrong with that. Brothers and sisters, when we act in his authority, he's going to bless this church. Amen? You need to speak the word of God over your family. You need to speak the word of God over your finances. You need to speak the word of God over your body. You need to speak the word of God over everything in your life. You need to speak the word of God. That is the authority that he's given you this morning. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Hallelujah. In Titus chapter 2, verse 15, he says this. He says, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Those are hard words. Brothers and sisters, Today is the last day of the year. Days like today, we have resolutions. We say we want to improve certain things. That power is within us if we follow the Word of God. If you submit yourself to the Word of God, you have authority. 
I'm going to say it again. You have authority. You can walk over the serpent. I know there's not really any snakes here in Alaska. You can walk over the scorpion. Thank God there's no scorpions here in Alaska. You can walk over that and God will protect you. Everyone bow on their heads right now, please. As we go into this new year, I have to ask one question. Is there anybody this morning, I've been praying about this, God. Is there anybody this morning you need to give your heart to the Lord? If that's you, I simply want you to raise your hand. You say, I, I, I haven't served God in a long time. I need to give my life to Him. Is there anybody this morning you need to give your life to the Lord? I'm going to give you a moment. Yes. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.